Welcome back, episode three of season two. Season two. Of the Axios Wellness Podcast. And our heart behind this is to educate and motivate. And and ultimately, I think to remove the black box of what it takes to explore the outward limits, create the outward limits of our potential. And so we hope so far, as we've been talking about the mind, that we've honestly given more questions than answers because we really think this is something to be explored and continued to lean into and it's going to go there again today yeah we're getting deep again today so let's get into it hey guys (laughs) we're here and we're ready so a peek behind the veil because we're going to get really serious today, so it's good just to have this in here. Yeah, let's... A peek behind the veil. Brittany and I have a habit of being somewhat subdued <laughs> in how we present and our energy. Yeah, and so especially our, when we're talking about big topics. Yeah, and so our producer, our Molly, gave us <laughs> this thing we're supposed to say before What are every, they called? Tongue twisters. Tongue twister. A tongue twister we're yes. supposed to say before we hit record. Yes. So the thing that I say every time before we record is give me the gift of the grip top sock. And then this season, we added a plastic elastic grip top sock. So that's what I just said, and that's why I was giggling. And she was giggling. So here we are. So here we are. We have now broken the ice, which was what this was supposed to be anyways. Exactly. So it accomplished the goal, and Molly's happy. So (laughs) we're going to get into our topic today, which is, if you listened to last week's episode, we tackled and kind of unveiled this topic of lenses and how we see the world and how we interact with the world. So today we're kind of doing a second tier of that. It's a, it's a little bit deeper. So the reason we're focusing on the mind in this season two of the podcast is how we think literally affects everything that we do and how we show up in the world around us. Yeah, we embody what we believe. Exactly. So if maybe you listen to this podcast and subscribed initially because you're wanting to improve your health and you want to have a healthier lifestyle, all of that, you genuinely cannot, and we're learning this, continuing to learn this in our own lives, we cannot live into the healthiest version of ourselves without first understanding how we think and how it affects everything that we are doing in our life. Yeah, I think a practical way to say it is how we represent physically is the accumulation of our emotions, our mental health, and the purpose that we feel like we have within the world. Right. So we're four quadrant beings. We talked about this in the beginning of the podcast, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. Mm-hmm. The problem is because we present, the thing that's easiest to see is how we're presenting physically. Right. Most of us, that is where we start and end our growth. Yeah. Is we need to change where we're at physically. Right. But what we're making the case for in this season is that because we're four quadrant beings, health has to be explored and established and continued to be prioritized across all four quadrants for us to really truly lean into the wholeness that we have access to. Exactly. So today, we're going to be introducing a topic called form. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into that. But we want to just kind of lay the premise first, like we did with lenses. This is not a concept that you're going to be listening to a 30-minute episode and be, you know, excited because you understand this whole thing and you're going to go out and implement on it. This is something that our coach who taught this concept to us is still teaching this concept. Yeah, he's been teaching this for years. Yeah. And he's still teaching it to us. 
actively right now. And there's things that we're just... And he's learning. Yeah, yeah, that he's still learning. So this is not something, you know, this is going to probably continue to become something that we all keep learning for years to come. Yeah, he he said something at a class we were at with him this weekend. He's like, lenses and form are an infinite onion. An infinite onion. Yeah, yes. there's always more and more and more layers to uncover. And that shouldn't lead us to shame. No. It should lead us to, honestly, excitement that we can continue to explore and, like, create. Right. Honestly, create these versions of ourselves in the process. Yeah. So, we're going to get into this and start to unpack this. Do you want to start us off? Let's talk about this. Yeah. So... Form, I am coming to believe, we're coming to believe in our own life. Form is the thing that is most directly tied to disappointment, disillusionment, dissatisfaction, and frustration in our life. Mm -hmm. And this is what we mean by that. Form is life, my life, the world around me, Mm -hmm. needs to look like X. Right. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. So take my health, right? I need to have six packs abs which i'm still chasing for sure (laughs) like i believe before i die i will embody that five years in yeah we're still chasing it but once i have i need to have six pack abs and i need to have a body fat percentage under 10 and i need to have a back squat of 500 i need to be able to run a mile in this time it's all form it's all once i and once life looks like x then i will be healthy right right and the problem with that is it negates the fact that I can experience health right now. Right. I'm and that creating you are and I'm creating health. Yeah. Right? The gap between what I would call the horizon. So that picture of me, what that form is, is just as far out as I can conceptualize my current potential. Right. So for instance, when we first started getting healthy and really committed to that process for us, we joined the CrossFit gym, right? We were working with the coach. At that time, the only thing that we could conceptualize was losing 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing to conceptualize, right? Like that was the only thing, though, that when we could picture the future state of our health and us being really healthy was that we would have lost 100 pounds, Mm -hmm. right? And we both reached that mark and came to find that wasn't the only metric of our health. So that form we had put on it actually left us disillusioned because it wasn't the only facet of our health. Yeah, because it limited how much we were able to create, mm-hmm. right? So I think a, there, this, this is going to take a couple different ways of explaining it, but I think it's worth taking the time to do. Yeah. Life is about creating. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, it's not about discovering. And let me define that because we use terms like explore and things like that and discovery. But when I say discovery, this is what I mean. There is not some final avatar, some final version of me and my perfect life out there. Mm. It doesn't exist. That is form. It is in essence as far out as I can conceptualize right now. Either because of the way that you were raised or your your paradigm that you grew up in the lenses yeah the, the lenses the that way that you see the world that picture of you feels like that is the thing that i have to reach mm-hmm. and if i don't reach it right then i did not live up to my potential i didn't I, well that's in I, essence perfection it's perfection yeah yeah if it doesn't look this way 
then it's That's not worth per- doing it all. Perfection says, yeah, yeah. Then it's not worth doing, it's and I shouldn't do any of it. Yeah. yeah. So there isn't this final avatar for us to discover. So think about it this way: when I, here's an analogy that I think might be funny. National Treasure. Oh, you love this movie. I love National Treasure. It is a phenomenal movie. <laughs> Our producer Molly also loves this movie. It We're is, bonding further over it. It is a phenomenal movie. So Treasure Hunters, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> live with this assumption that there is this ultimate treasure. There is this thing that I need to uncover. So they follow the map. In essence, they follow the rules, Mm -hmm. right? And then they get to the location it's supposed to be and they start digging and then they uncover the treasure and then what? As opposed to, man, I can create whatever I can conceptualize. Mm -hmm. And it starts by creating in this moment. So when we say, and we're going to continue to say that life is about creation, not about discovery, that's what we mean. There is no fixed point, final avatar, ultimate destination for us. Right. It is, I can create in this moment, and what I currently see as my horizon is just because that's as far as I can conceptualize. Right. Well, and when we were talking about this earlier, we used this analogy of digging, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about your digging for treasure, because mm-hmm. that's, a lot of us, I think that's an analogy that works because we feel like we're kind of going through life, like figuring out. Where's the gold, you know, the gold in the, the diamond in the rough, right? Mm-hmm. And so we could reach a point in our lives where we feel like we've been digging for a long time, maybe even years, and we haven't discovered anything, right? And then if someone says to us, you know, well, maybe it's not about the discovery. Well, then did you feel like everything that you've been digging through is a waste? But what you're saying and the premise we're laying right now and kind of the case we're making is that it's actually about the digging itself. Mm-hmm. It's about the, it's about what am I creating in this moment? Right. Right. It's what am I bringing the highest and best version of me that I can conceptualize into this moment? And right. we rob ourselves of that when we put form on things. Mm-hmm. So a- another analogy to make it practical, grandpa passed away of Alzheimer's about well complications from Alzheimer's right. about five years ago. We shared that. Yeah. We shared that before. story before it was deeply formative on me and our marriage. Yeah. Right. And, um, part, part of that story that I don't share often was I, I'm raised in a Christian household, person of faith and really, really wrestled with my grandpa was a missionary in Africa for 20 years. He gave his life serving people that most people will never meet Mm -hmm. on a continent. Most people will never go. Right. Right. And if there was a case for it being unfair that my grandpa passed away of Alzheimer's, then this to me was a prime case. Like, I feel like I could take that to a jury and they would say, yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. Right. And I remember being very, very, very angry at God. And, and being very specific about what God healing my grandpa meant, mm-hmm. what it had to look like, right? And we were in Africa, and my grandpa gets up to greet the church. And he said, hey, I think I'm supposed to tell you that I'm doing okay. I'm not quite sure why I'm here, but I want you to let you know I'm doing okay. And he quotes a scripture in the Psalms that says, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's people begging for bread. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, this memory. When my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, my mom called me after the doctor's appointment. And she said, hey, it's officially Alzheimer's, but there's a miracle. The doctor said your grandpa should be a vegetable on a breathing tube. And he cannot explain why your grandpa's still cognizant. 
And he called it a miracle. Mm-hmm. The doctor's words. It's a miracle. Right. And. Because the. That certain part of his brain. It was empty. Was literally There gone. was no gray matter there. His brain was completely dead. And I had put form for years on what my grandpa being healed looked like. Yeah. You didn't even, you couldn't even I couldn't even that recall that conversation. But I had put form for years on what my grandpa's healing looked like. And I missed everything I could have created with my grandpa mm. if I had taken form off of what him being healed looked like. So we do that in marriage. We do it in our friendships. Yeah. This is what it has to look like. Right. And because it doesn't look like that, this is the interesting thing. The obsession over what we think it should look like and the corresponding frustration and anger that it doesn't robs us of creating the version of us that could live into it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we work with – we do premarital sessions with people all the time. And helping coach them before they get married of how, you know, how life is going to look and some things to expect and talk through ahead of time. And that's something that, I mean, we experience this in our own marriage. It's like, I don't, I think it's impossible to go into a life altering, you know, agreement like marriage and bringing two people together and merging households and all of these preferences, right? And not be taken aback by some things that happen or Mm -hmm you know shifts in perspective that come but one thing that get couples we see couples get hung up a lot on is marriage is going to solve the things that I'm frustrated about right like the it's going to solve my personal insecurities I'm going to feel good about myself I have this partner that I'm doing life with all the time and you see people before they get married and then sometimes we hear from those couples afterwards like man, I'm, I'm struggling more with this now than I ever did before. And we have to kind of talk them through this. You, you put your marriage and the expectation the way you expected your marriage to look and for it to make you feel into this certain box. And you're just like you said, you're completely missing the ability to create. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if we could boil it back down, it's this. Form is the expectation that what I'm going to experience in life is going to be this certain thing. Right. And it has to look a certain way. And we've seen that be a problem in relationships with people and how they define success. It it really is. Like if, if we can boil it down and bring it back, it really is a large cause and maybe the largest of disappointment, disillusionment, and dissatisfaction, frustration in our lives. Mm-hmm. Life does not look the way I thought it should. Right. And now I have every right to be frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. But the humbling thought is I created the expectation. Yeah. So really, this is what we're learning. This is where we're at. Yeah. Which I'm making a face right now because I know how hard it is. To recognize that. It's, I need to be frustrated with myself for creating the expectation that it was going to go a certain way. Yeah. And when we put it that way, then we realize kind of how absurd it is. Mm. Right? Like, what right do I have to be upset about myself for something I have not lived into yet? So then, so so what do we do? Like, like yeah. how, how do we, we release, this. how do we release this form? I, I think a, a big thing for us has been that the future is not an obligation, but it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's a reminder that I can, in this moment, 
create. And not even I can. I am. That is just a fundamental truth. I am fundamentally in this moment creating. Creating. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say obligation, the future is not an obligation. You're referring to back to that kind of shoveling analogy. I'm not obligated to keep shoveling. Mm -mm. I can choose whatever it is that I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I not, not only I can, I do. Right. Right? And so, like, I'm a pretty driven person. Mm-hmm. Very, very driven. And there was a long season of my life, and I still slip into this, where I got I have to impact people. Man, I, I have to grow so I can impact. I have, to, I have to understand this concept better so you and I can have a better life. I have to. I have, and it's like, I don't have to do any of it. Right. You're not obligated. I'm not obligated. Like, you and I could sell everything, move to an island somewhere, and live out the rest of our days on the money that we made from the sale of our house. We could. Yeah. 110%. That being said, both of our souls know there's more. Yeah. That's that not our... And I'm not disparaging people that do that. There are people where that's what their soul longs for. That's their thing. Right. And they're going to do it, and it's perfect for them. But for us, we are realizing we love training people, setting like helping people understand these complex things, and we love solving problems. Mm-hmm. And we feel most alive when we do it. Yeah. So it's an opportunity. Life is an opportunity to do more of what makes me feel most alive. Yeah. And to continue to create it. I'm not obligated to. It's an opportunity. Right. I get at to sit at choice in every moment. Now, this is the problem. Most of us are not at choice. Because we're frustrated about how our life looks. So we're just in a state of reaction. Yeah. So most of us bounce from thing to thing, just reacting to what's happening around us. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing, and this is something that our coach has been challenging us on and been teaching us, reaction is just creation out of order. Mm -hmm. They're literally the same letters. Mm -hmm. They're just rearranged differently or arranged differently. Yeah. So we're still creating. Mm-hmm. Even when we're reacting. Yeah. But we just don't, we can't see that. Yeah. Because the emotion of that is so strong. Because most of the time when we're reacting, at least when I'm reflecting in my own life, when I'm reacting to something out of emotion, it's because whatever circumstances happened looks different than the way that I believe that it should look. Mm-hmm. Right? So for instance, for me, this is something we've had a lot of conversations around lately. This last year, I've kind of had some resurfacing of some of the symptoms with my autoimmune stuff. And I believed that four years into this process, my lab results look great. Like all of my markers are within order. And I believed that when I got to that point, when I started this three or four years ago, whatever it's been, that when I reached the point where all my labs were in order and everything looked good, that I would no longer feel any symptoms in my body. I wouldn't have flare-ups. I wouldn't still struggle with losing weight. Like I would have energy, never have brain fog. And that hasn't been the case. And that really, really, I've, I've been working through these seasons of feeling really frustrated about that. I feel like, gosh, all of the work that I've put in to get healthy physically and mentally and balancing out my hormones, like was that all a waste, right? Cause I got so focused And it's funny, I'm talking about this like it's past tense. This is something I'm actively working through. And I feel like I'm doing a better job now. But I have to sometimes almost moment by moment stop and pause myself before I get into that spiral, that mental spiral that's really easy to fall into and feel anxious of, 
I'm always going to struggle with this in my body. I'm never really going to be fully healthy. My body can't be healthy. Like it just starts this spiral effect because I had become so attached to the way that my health in my body should look, right? And that I should feel. Yeah. And I think the tricky thing, the reason we have the lenses we have is because that has been our dominant experience, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that when I encounter something that doesn't sit within what my lenses tell me to be true, then it reconfirms the lens, right? Like, oh yeah, you feel sick today. You've always felt sick. So you will always feel sick. Yeah. Right. Instead of the lens would be that my body is strong and capable of healing itself and has. look at how much it's healed mm-hmm. from itself. Therefore it's going to heal again. So here's the tension. And this is why we struggle with form. Living a formless life takes more faith than living one with form. Gosh. Yeah, that's... I don't like that. Because we are in essence saying, I am giving up on certainty, betting on the fact that life really truly is about creation. Hmm. And that I can create what I do not see. What I am not experiencing. What I am not experiencing. So it is easier and the feedback loop is faster. Yeah. Right? To put form on it, to experience that it didn't look that way or that it did work that way, right? right? And then reconfirm a lens I already have. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too how when we, even when we think about creation, this, this at least is where my brain goes when I think of it. You think about creating in the physical space. Like you're creating something that you're, you know, able to tangibly grab a hold of, right? But whether we realize it or not, we're every moment we're creating our own energy, like yeah, our the experience, ex- the experience and the, you know, it's some, you hear people say this, like if they're, you're around someone that just feels naturally, they're always full of joy. They're always full of life. They're really vivacious. Well, that person is, a, has the choice just like I do of people that are more naturally maybe pessimistic or, you know, realistic, whatever, right? They're choosing the energy that they opt into and what they're creating based on the lens that they're wearing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the way, this is not advocacy for living a inauthentic life. No. Right? So we're not Not saying they're coming from the faith tradition. Mm -hmm. We're not saying name and claim it. That's not what we're saying at all. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying dream it and create it. Mm. We're saying, I think this is what my soul is calling me to do. This is when I feel most alive. And so I'm going to live into that as often as I'm going to choose into that. I'm going to create that as often as possible. This is when I feel the most aligned with my values. Yeah. I think the problem for a lot of us is that we never pause to ask what our soul longs for. Mm. We live in our mind and we live in our body. And we we chase cultural definitions of success. Yeah. And then we end up reacting. And that's where burnout, disillusionment, because we put form on what success looks like. And then some of us have even worked hard enough to embody what we would think success is supposed to look like and felt so hollow and empty. And it's because we ended up chasing something our soul wasn't calling us to. Yeah. Right. And that's why when we say we're four quadrant beings, that that spiritual quadrant, right, is and like if you're not a faith tradition thing like this still works for you like there is a longing in our soul there is more that goes on than meets the eye yeah and it needs to be fulfilled Mm -hmm. and so asking um 
like I read in a book, like you have to go within or you end up going without. Yeah. And so you have pause. I have to pause. Ask the question, am I chasing this right now because it's someone else's definition of success? Is it because it's a form I've put on my life because of a lens that I have? Yeah. Or is this really resonating with what I can conceptualize right now as the highest and best version of me? Yeah. And go and do more of that. That's what we're talking about. Right. Right. So joy is an out. I'm beginning to believe joy is an outworking of I am in resonance like my action and the desire of my soul are lining up more and more. Yeah. That does not negate that bad things are still going to happen. Right. We've had friends lose grandchildren this week. Yeah. Right. Like we have gotten like it's been a January for sure, like a tough one. And yet at the same time, it does not negate the fact that we're still creating. Right. And so we live in this tension. What does my soul want? And though I don't see it yet, what is my soul calling me to? Though I don't see it yet, I'm going to behave into, I'm going to create into Mm -hmm. the types of things that would bring that to be. Right. And that is all there is. Mm. That's why most major faith traditions say, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're just pulling the form of tomorrow into today. And so therefore, I'm no longer in today. I'm not in this moment. Right. I'm not I'm creating not in, in this moment. moment. Right. So which that is the antidote to form. This is that the antidote is to form. how you release form. Once you recognize that you've been stuck in it or been putting form on something, being choosing, kind of asking that question, just like you laid out and then choosing to be present in this moment, just to simply be yeah. and to create. Yeah. That is that's how we move through this. Yeah, two, so let's put a bow on it for as much as we can yeah. with how massive this topic is. <laughs> right. There's two general I have found in my life. There are two kind of camps that I'm operating from. Mm-hmm. I'm operating from fear, which generally leads me to being shrunk down. Right. To hide. Scarcity. Scarcity. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not enough. Or love. And love tends to be abundant and extravagant and giving. It is the, what more it, than enough. More than enough. And it's generally the highest service of me, mm-hmm. right? I think if we can learn to start asking the question in the moment, am I pulling form into this moment out of fear? I need a sense of control. Mm. Or am I asking the question, what is the highest and best version of me that I can bring into this moment? Yeah. And expand into love? Now form doesn't have as much of a place because the only form I'm concerned about taking is what I can currently bring to this moment. Mm-hmm. I don't need to pull form for tomorrow. I didn't, don't need to pull a previous form of me like you were talking about with reacting. No, no, no. I'm going to take the highest and best version of me and act into, create into this moment. Yeah. So what would that look like then in a real life scenario? I mean, yeah. there's plenty of examples from our life right now. Yeah, I think a big one for me right now is this idea of scarcity. Like, I'm realizing I have a real dominant lens right. of scarcity. And a form that I have taken and, and put on our life is that we don't have enough, mm-hmm. right? Well, Because we're at this age, mm-hmm. we should be at, at this. this amount of money. We started, this, we started into this work because we feel really called. Like, our souls resonate with the idea of building wealth, mm-hmm. right? And we're not seeing that doesn't exist yet at least not in how i when i put form on it have to find it right right we are wealthy beyond 
Imagine, full, we have like full so abundance. abundance. But yeah. I put form and a dollar amount in right. an experience on what that looks like, and I'm we're not embodying that yet. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me frustrated. So then I play small. And I start saying, like, why would we put content out? It doesn't matter. Why would we record another episode of the podcast? It doesn't matter. And I start living in fear because I'm convincing myself that no one listens, no one wants it, we're not going to build wealth. Right. As opposed to, no, this is my soul's work. I feel most alive when we're having conversations like this. Right. And regardless of whether people listen or not, I feel, I feel most dead when I do right. this. Yeah. Right? And I feel most dead when I'm coaching. And when I'm sitting with people and helping them understand these concepts and breaking them down into ways that they're conceptualized and then putting them into practice in their life. Right. Taking complex things and making them simple. That's love. Yeah. That is me asking the question, all right, I don't see it in the way I want to. So I need need to just release the way I want to see it. Mm -hmm. I need to come back to the moment and say, what would be the highest and best version of me being embodied right now? Yeah. And create into that. And this is the great thing. And, And here's where we end. Hopefully this is freeing. You get to do it now, and now, and now, and now. Mm-hmm. And it's moment by moment by moment, which yeah. means I may not choose it in every moment, but I can choose it in the next. Right. Yeah, the tendency when at least I definitely did this, when I started recognizing where I'd been attached to some form, I immediately went into shame. I started shaming myself for how long I'd been stuck on that form and made myself feel guilty right which then immediately pulls me out of creation and puts me back into reaction mm-hmm. and that's not how you over you overcome this shame is a form yeah shame is a form it's so true and it's a lens and, and honestly it's the lowest vibration like it's the lowest state of human emotion yeah and so with this idea that like no no, no i can choose again yeah i can rethink I can rethink then I can always, I am always at choice in every moment as it passes. Yeah. I can re-choose into pulling the highest and best version of me it's into so the moment. So as we wrap this up today, some questions that would be, we think, really helpful for you to ask yourselves. This is, these are some of the questions we've been wrestling with. Where am I living in a specific form of my, form of my life? So you can identify this pretty quickly by maybe thinking, where is an area of my life that I have been consistently disillusioned by or disappointed by? Is that potentially because I've been attached to a certain picture of how that should look or how I should feel, whether it's my marriage or parenting or health, whatever it is, where am I living in a specific form for my life? And then the second one, just like Ed was just talking about, am I truly creating in this moment? And if not, what would the fullest version of me create? And the more that we can come into each moment like that, the more we release ourselves of frustration, disappointment, disillusionment, and we can really create Mm -hmm. what we feel is ours to create. Right. Which then enables you to, to step into the fullness of who you were made to be. Yeah. And that in and of itself is the point. Yeah. And the full picture of our health. Yeah, exactly. So this is a big topic and we want to make ourselves available. This is why we coach. Right. Because this is a big topic. And a lot of times it takes an impartial third party <laughs> to look at life and say, hey, there's some form there. Hey, let's ask Certainly this question. did for us. It, it, it is and Still it is. did and is. Yes. So please reach out. Message us on Instagram, message us on Facebook, check out our website, send us an email. We are here to help. This is why we coach. And we really believe as we deal with the lenses 
as we free ourselves as form a form, now we can really start to talk about getting healthy. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Hey friends, Brittany here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with us today, talking about form, aka the mind F. If today's episode challenged you and you are realizing you've been hung up in some form in your life, either with certain situations or with people, you are not alone. We all get hung up in this and it's so important, like we were talking about, so beneficial to have a third party that can help you evaluate this and see where this is happening in your life. So if you want to talk about how to work with a coach and what that can look like, we would love to talk with you and um, let you know what, what we could offer you in that process. So if you can reach out to us on our website at axioswellness.com, that's A-X-I-O-S wellness.com. You can find us on social media, shoot us an email, however you feel most comfortable with. We would love to chat with you and we can't wait to talk with you next week.